Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Infinity Watchers. This week, I'm joined, as always, by Jared, and we are going to talk about the third episode of What If, titled What If the World Lost Earth's Mightiest Heroes. We also had a just a ton of news that dropped between when we last recorded and now, um, including the, the trailers for Eternals and Spider-Man No Way Home. So we will dive into some discussion on those as well. Yeah, it was just like a, 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 a nuclear bomb of news just dropped all of a sudden in the past yeah. seven days. Like we finished recording last week's episode and then the next day right before I went to edit the Eternals trailer dropped. Yeah. <laughs> I thought we couldn't hold out for one more day. Mm -hmm. Then the No Way Home trailer leaked, and then a few hours later, it was posted legitimately. <laughs> and neither of us could hold it in and wait until the legitimate trailer. We both watched the leaked version because we're <laughs> we we have no control over ourselves. So with with that large amount of news, why don't we just dive right into it? Yeah. Uh, so last week, Kevin Feige confirmed that Dominique Thorne is going to appear in Black Panther Wakanda Forever as Riri Williams, a.k.a. Ironheart. So she's making her debut in that film before her Disney Plus series comes um, either at some point late next year or early 2023. So really interesting. I was surprised to see him just kind of drop that in an interview. There was no fanfare around it, really. He kind of just stated it. Um, she started filming this week i think so i i'm pretty sure he knew that the set photos were going to get out there so <laughs> he he kind of just wanted to get ahead of it so it's kind it's kind of interesting you know you look at a character like ironheart who has obviously a lot of ties to tony stark in the comics and now with tony stark gone from the mcu um it really does make a lot of sense for shuri to kind of take that mentorship role a little bit yeah it does um and you can kind of almost see that they laid a little bit of the seeds for this in Black Panther 1, you know, at the end of the film when Shuri was appointed like the head of the Wakandan science outreach mm -hmm. programs. So you could... I mean, it would make sense that she is now the Tony Stark of this universe. Yeah. Yeah, that. And you can kind of see like Riri being a, a student that was affected by that outreach program, you know. Mm -hmm. So it, it kind of is a natural fit. I'm curious to see how they still tie her back to Tony Stark and having that Ironheart name and Stark-like armor. Um, I wonder maybe that's if through it, Armor Wars. or it, It's probably going to be through... I, I said Iron Wars. It's going to be something through Armor Wars, or it'll. it's possible that... I think you and I were speculating this off-air, that it's possible that like she pulls up the designs for Vision or something along those lines because she was the one that tried... I'm sorry, Shuri was the one that tried to take the stone out of Vision in Infinity Wars. So, mm. I mean, it's right. I don't I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that uh, she has his schematics somewhere in her files. Yeah. And it has like Tony Stark's name on it or like there's some reference to him that are there. Uh, it could even be maybe she by scanning Vision's brain, she extracted Jarvis. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, that's very true, too. And Jarvis. Paul Bettany could be voicing Riri Williams' AI as well as Vision. And I mean, we've Vision. seen so many iterations of Vision at this point. I wouldn't be surprised if Jarvis came back. Does Paul right. Bettany even know what he's doing anymore? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Between WandaVision being Vision, White Vision, the possibility of him being Jarvis again and going back to White Vision if he wants to, I don't. 
I, I can't keep up with that. That's such a cool, he's such a cool character, but I don't think they know what to do with them. I don't know. I mean, I feel like they, the way they ended WandaVision clearly said that they had some sort of plan for this new iteration of the character. I find it ironic. It's, but, it's hard for them to find a vision with the character named Vision. But, um, aha. Nice. No, but yeah, I'm excited to see, uh, to see Riri Williams show up as, uh, show up in the new Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Um, is like I'm assuming she'd be like a like a foreign exchange student or a um, an ambassador of some sort. Yeah, it definitely could be. It's hard to say. I'm interested to see how she fits into that film with all the things they have to do. You know, there's rumors around Namor. They obviously have to have to uh, deal with the fallout of the death of Black Panther, or however they handle the exit of the character. Mm-hmm. Or even better, they tie, as I speculated in our preview for Phase 4, that they tie her uh, origin into the MIT scene in Civil War, where mm. Tony funds all of the projects, but she just doesn't know how, where to go with this suit that she's building. Yeah, that could be. That could be the case, too. Yeah, I think no matter what, it's it's so cool just to see these characters you know, start to be confirmed to, to show up. Before their shows, you know, it, it just shows you how much weight they're putting behind Disney Plus. Uh, the next bit of news, speaking of Armor Wars, is the Marvel has tapped their head writer for the show, and it's Yasir Lester. So, Jared, I think you dug up a little bit of his background. Do you want to talk about it? Yeah, uh, Lester is actually a, a comedian. Um, so I'm curious where the tone of the show is going to go. <laughs> um, he has written for uh, Black Monday, which also stars Don Cheadle. Mm. Uh, he's written for Adult Swim's Black Dynamite. Uh, he's written for gir- some of the last seasons of Girls. He he wrote for Duncanville. So it it I find it kind of interesting that um, they're tapping a comedy writer to handle this series yeah and one one interesting thing to kind of think about with his hire specifically is does this kind of hint at Don Cheadle having um kind of like an EP role on the show you know having a hand in crafting the actual show and maybe he had a really good experience working with him and kind of put his name into the running you know we've seen that in the MCU lately with Scarlett Johansson getting getting an EP credit on Black Widow and um, I mean, I especially Sean Hiddleston on Loki, right? Mm-hmm. Like he, I mean, he wasn't just a credit as an EP. Like if you watch the Marvel Studios assembled for Loki, he was a producer of that show definitively. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if that's the direction that, that the studio is going in and allowing the talent to have more of a say in in crafting the shows. Um, and it seems like they're tapping. Um, they're tapping individuals that have worked with these writers before, uh, or they're trying to get a few more diverse backgrounds. Uh, as we mentioned with what was it? Secret, secret wars or secret invasion. Yeah. Um, I mean, that writer came from the writer's room of Mr. Robot. So it, it doesn't yeah. shock me that they would pull somebody from that show to uh, write about a conspiracy, something around a conspiracy yeah. theory. <laughs> right. Um, not to mention the star-studded cast that has. But yeah, I'm excited to see where this goes now. And I, it, it kind of, I was just thinking about this. 
if they're giving Don Cheadle some reign as an EP and giving some say to the direction of the character, he might actually for once have a chance to develop Rhodey as a character. We haven't yeah. really thinking about it. We haven't gotten much character development for him. No, he's always been Tony's sidekick. Uh-huh. And that's it, about it. Exactly. Yeah. I'm really interested to just find out who he is. You know, I mean, it's even uh, the character development is so lacking for him that like, between Iron Man 1 and Iron Man 2, they just outright swapped the actor out. And mm-hmm. they played very different versions of that character, right. too. You know, like, I I, I don't know. It, I will say, though, that Armor Wars is appearing during the MCU's what appears to be the multiverse arc. So could we see a variant James Rhodes <laughs> from Iron Man 1 show up in this? Terrence Howard back. <laughs> That would be even more shocking than the Natalie Portman return. <laughs> you know, like two actors that that had uh, pretty tough fallouts with Marvel, it seemed like, or were, were on the outs for a while. Um, returning. <laughs> oh, my. I mean, we, we'll dig into alternate versions of characters appearing in films, certainly when we talk about the No Way Home trailer. Yeah. But speaking of speaking of Spider-Man and Spider-Man adjacent happenings, um, we got some news out of the Spamook, the Sony Pictures universe of Marvel characters. And that news is that it is no longer called the Sony Pictures universe of Marvel characters. It is now Sony's Spider-Man universe. I hate Much- Sony. Much better. I I mean, it's much better to say. It's much better to say. I think, (laughs) I I actually think this kind of tips their hand a lot and makes me a little bit concerned for the future of Tom Holland in the MCU. Yeah. Before they did not, they explicitly did not say Spider-Man. No. Even though every single movie they were developing was for a Spider-Man adjacent character or Spider-Man villain. Sony will not let this Spider-Man universe idea die. Or let it go. Yeah. They've been doing this since 20, what, 2012 when they tried to reboot it with Andrew Garfield. Mm-hmm. Tried to build it out in Amazing Spider-Man 2 and it, it bombed, it failed. <laughs> yeah, they. I mean, they had a Sinister Six movie that was being developed by, mm-hmm. um, it was Gareth Edwards, right, that did Rogue I, One? I think so. <laughs> I think so, but... um. But they, yeah, they announced uh, their slate. They're, like There were going to be villain movies. There were, there were going to be separate Spider-Man movies. There was going to be a Sin- the Sinister Sits movie. And it it took Kevin Feige to come in and basically say, no, let's do it this way. Yeah. And the fans seemed to like that a lot more than what they were going with. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know that there's a Traven the Hunter trilogy in the works, um, directed by J.C. Shandor, but in even casting uh aaron taylor johnson i forgot about that in the role yeah um which kind of just throws off the continuity altogether unless until we get into the (laughs) multiverse talk but anyway um yeah this this i'm just frustrated with sony all around yeah i mean it's not it's not the worst thing there are ways that this could work really well, but I just don't have faith that Sony would be able to execute it. You know, it's like Venom is the only film they have so far. And it 
thankfully it didn't like try to set up a cinematic universe you know they kind of just did their thing in it and that was it but now you know you have keaton popping up in morbius um who knows what cameos they're gonna toss into let there be carnage (laughs) you know you you have to assume there's gonna be some some cameos thrown in there but really this a lot of this universe i think doesn't even rely uh upon venom too much i mean it's everything after venom Mm -hmm. like we know venom is a popular character we know people like venom we know people like spider-man but beyond that i don't know how many people are gonna be that excited to see morbius or craven the hunter or like how do you make these characters interesting enough well i trust i trust jc shandor with 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 any with any property but i i get your point though that making a villain character centered trilogy is a little odd it's the fact that it has to be a trilogy like yeah. that tells you right now that they're not planning for this first movie of that trilogy to stand on its own you know right like it it just i don't know no one weird. has been able to execute the cinematic universe like marvel but everyone has tried you know from dc to universal the, oh god the universal the dark, dark monsters uni- or whatever <laughs> dark dark verse dark universe it's apparently yeah. back or coming back uh, good <laughs> good for them good luck to them for that i mean they had a they had a star-studded lineup they put them all on the, the cover of entertainment weekly and or weekly. something and then they just dropped yeah it. and they dropped it <laughs> uh. but yeah i mean at the end of the day I just want Spider-Man to stay in the MCU. And I don't care if Sony says you know, there are multiverse shenanigans and he can show up in Venom's universe now and that's where Craven is and Morbius and whatever they want to do there. Um, but, you know, there are some things that happen in this trailer and some things that are hinted at in the trailer for No Way Home that make me kind of concerned that this is a little bit of a celebration crescendo to Spider-Man in the MCU before it all ends. Or it's just so, a celebration uh, of Spider-Man as an IP. Yeah. Really think about it. Yeah. Not definitely. to get too cynical, but... It's a brand celebration. <laughs> yeah, really it yeah. is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll, we'll talk about that when we get to our No Way Home trailer. Um, but one one last little bit of news from the, the newly formed SSU, the Sony Spider-Man universe... Um, there's been a lot of kind of scuffle the last few days around a potential delay to 2022 for Venom Let the Recarnage. Yeah, it was reported and, just a few days ago that there was the possibility it was going to get pushed back to January of 2022. And it was supposed to be the date that Morbius was coming out, which would then delay Morbius back. But literally a half an hour before we went to record this, it was reported that there was a conflicting report that came out that said yeah. that is not happening. So there's, we don't know if it's been pushed back or not. Um, but right now it's still slated for the middle of October. There's still that possibility that it's going to get pushed back um, due to the Delta variant spreading. Um, whether or not it's going to be a worthwhile release for Sony to go forward with in October. I guess that's what they're, I guess that are seeing how Sean Chi does next weekend and probably how the trajectory of the Delta variant is in the next few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's the right call to kind of consider that, you know, you have to, 
you have to be cognizant of what's going on. Um, and, you know, they aren't Disney. They don't have their own platform yet to release these on to as no. like a paid premium service. You know, it would just be home video unless they make some sort of um, deal with Disney. I know there the, some of the other Spider-Man films are coming to Disney Plus at some point. So maybe they they could have an option there. Um, I don't think Disney would allow them to release their like Venom there as a paid film. But we'll kind of see how things shake out. Yeah, we'll see how things go. Um, what makes me a little nervous about the the hesitation about um, about Venom, though, is I have a feel as as I just mentioned, I have a feeling studio studios in general are going to be looking to Sean Chi as and and see what the re- box office results are. For that release disney i think more than anybody is going to be watching that considering they're not doing the day and date disney plus premium access yep um to see if it's worth it to do that for eternals and no way home as well and i mean you and i talked about this off air that it almost seems stupid for them not to do that yep given the state of things right now <laughs> but yeah. in I mean, who knows? In two months, we might we might be on a different course. I doubt it, but who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, to me, uh, things are worse now with COVID than they were in July. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so I I don't think they're gonna get the return for Shang Chi that they they hope they will. Mm-hmm. Um, which is very disappointing, but also you know that's kind of the decision they're going with so um yeah i mean i I, i'm not gonna be surprised either way just because there are so many unknowns (laughs) like i wouldn't be surprised if it performs if shang chi performs well i wouldn't be surprised if it tanks (laughs) not based on any merits of the movie itself but just just given uh, the circumstances of the yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, i mean i just hope that no matter what there's not more delays because I, I just think it's needless to push every film because you have to delay one, you know, <laughs> like mm-hmm. if, if Marvel delays Eternals and I know we were talking about Venom, but I think it, it kind of applies to film slate in general across the board. Um, but like, I don't want to get to a point where it's, if you delay Eternals, you have to delay multiverse of madness. You have to delay Thor love and thunder. You have to delay black Panther two. It, it's, it's just, that's one of the downsides of the connected universe is you need things to happen in a specific order sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, once, once one thing gets, I mean, we just saw that happen last year with black widow. Once one thing gets pushed back then literally everything else did. Yeah. Or if for some reason, Eternals gets pushed back or who knows, maybe because they might not be as connected. Eternals can get pushed back. And no way home doesn't need to then. Yeah, I would think that would be the case. I mean, the, I, I I think to your point that having a connected universe uh, kind of puts all of their eggs in one basket. Mm-hmm. That's true to an extent, but if they're also branching out the timelines and the multiverses, not everything needs to necessarily connect one to one anymore. Mm-hmm. So I think they kind of wrote themselves out of that corner of making sure everything has to happen in a specific order now. Yeah. To we can kind of 
release things at will and then have characters make cameos or callbacks to older properties or are not flash forward but uh project out to future installments and mm-hmm. uh I, I mean personally to me that's a dangerous model to have in general because fans will just start to come to see things to see what the next installment is going to be but i think they did give themselves a little leeway to do something along those lines yeah i'd agree with that all right, speaking of Eternals, we got the final trailer this week, and it was a very interesting one. It was. It, it looked a lot different than what I expected it to, and a lot different from what the teaser looked like. Yeah, they they were very different trailers. So to, to start off the trailer, it was very interesting that they tied the emergence, whatever that ends up being, <laughs> um, <laughs> to the... To the snap. The snap, specifically Hulk snapping everyone back, it provided the necessary energy for the emergence to begin. And it seems like I don't know what uh, what this emergence is. If it's the deviants coming back or um, the celestials coming, I I don't know. But it's interesting to to place that origin point on the snap because we we've seen a lot of people speculate about the snap causing mutants or the snap doing this or that, but it. It really did, uh, you know, send shockwaves out through the universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like, I, I do like that they tie it back to that, and now we're st- we're seeing the ripple effects of what happened post Endgame. Yeah, uh, I mean, this is a, other than Sean Chi, this is the first entry we're getting that is directly tied back to uh, superpowered individuals who have a connection to the cosmic realm and to the mm-hmm. cosmic universe. Yeah, Loki did too, but that was also pre, um, pre Hulk snap in Endgame. Yeah, if you really think about it, right? Yeah. So, so this is the first time we're going to see any fallout or consequences of what had happened. But this trailer did start out kind of in the same vein as the teaser, and then it just devolved, not devolved, but escalated into cgi battles left and right (laughs) yeah that that was my big (laughs) that um, shocked me that was my big um shock of this trailer too and my biggest concern for the movie is you know the villains the cgi for the villains is a little for the deviants is a little steppenwolfy (laughs) like it's not the best they have kind of neat designs but I just really hope this movie doesn't boil down to the Eternals versus like a CGI, a few CGI monsters. Mm-hmm. It reminded me a little bit of the the Deadly Sins from the Flash, or um, not the Flash, Shazam. I didn't think about that until you just mentioned it. Yeah, yeah, you have a point. Um, but yeah, I I loved the shot of the Celestial. Um, it's kind of edited to look like Cersei was looking up at it. I think that might be a little bit of a misdirect, but. Mm-hmm. Um, that shot was really cool. That's what I want to see more of. Um, I really do kind of expect that there's going to be some some sort of human element to the conflict. I think one of the Eternals is going to betray the rest of them or something along those lines because there, there almost has to be sort of like a, a more human conflict within this story. You know, it can't just be this evil immortal race versus this evil immortal race (laughs) like that that just wouldn't be as interesting like i don't know if i don't know if that ends up being 
um, Icarus or in the comics it was Druig. I'm kind of thinking it won't be because of that. <laughs> it's really hard to say. I I definitely like the first trailer more. I like the kind of the focus on how the Eternals helped humanity and kind of guided things along. And it seemed very, very wide breadth. And this this felt a little bit more like a familiar Marvel trailer. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it seems like we're getting conflicting tones from both trailers. And as excited as I was, I, I'm still really excited for this because I, I'm still on team team Zhao, but it I'm hesitating a little mm-hmm. bit when I probably shouldn't be. <laughs> yeah. I mean I, I want from this movie, my biggest thing is the lore. Like I yeah. wanna I want deep dives into what the celestials are. We see a shot of one of them like pulling together a galaxy it looks like or something like mm-hmm. I, I just want to see them show up in their massive form i want to see conversations that happen between the eternals to like fill in the backstory of what happened the last seven thousand years and show me what you've got yeah exactly That's essentially what it would boil down <laughs> exactly to. yeah <laughs> and i just really want to really want to see that especially well yeah your point especially because the the celestial that we see in the trailer is um supposedly Arashem the judge <laughs> oh so, so yeah that would that would yeah, work out even perfect sense. i mean for all we know that's what the emergence is that um that he comes to earth because he noticed that's where the point of the the energy source was mm-hmm. and like well if the humans have found this out then they know something right yeah and it's it's really really interesting just to see how this is going to play out i definitely did get more hesitation because of the all of the Eternals versus Deviants fights. And there's the scene where the leader of the Eternals, I think it's Crow, is holding um, Angelina Jolie's Dina and talking to her. And it, that scene just felt a little weird to mm-hmm. me. And just, I, I don't know. Because the Deviants are just supposed to be this terrible evil race. So either we're going to find out it's kind of like a Skrull situation where that's not the case and they're a little <laughs> bit more sympathetic than we thought. Yeah. Um, maybe it's every all of them versus Celestials or something. But I really think there's going to be some sort of betrayal among the Eternals. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's like Icarus, Richard Madden's Icarus. But mm, mostly, <laughs> I think I might be thinking the... that because he he oh, has a very... Um, yeah. He has a very... Um, Homelander-esque scene and Homelander-esque power set with the okay. laser beams. <laughs> maybe oh, maybe okay. that was maybe that was just giving me <laughs> Homelander vibes when I saw him and immediately think that. But um, yeah, not not really based on much. But yeah, I'm still excited for where this is going to go. Um, I still didn't. There's we just wrote a plot synopsis. Essentially, we don't really we can't really pull much else out of it. Yep. Other than that, there's not there aren't really Easter eggs in here like there are in the No Way Home trailer, which we'll get into in a minute. Um, this was more just to give us a plot synopsis uh, and where they're pulling from uh, in the rest from the rest of the MCU. It was interesting to see Kid Harrington's Dane Whitman ask Cersei, "Why didn't you help against Thanos or any other bad mm-hmm. thing that happened?" And they explained it away by saying, "Oh, you know." The celestials do not yeah. interfere under any yeah. circumstances unless a deviant's involved. Yeah. So, I mean, it, I'm glad they addressed it now. <laughs> like, people aren't harping on that point <laughs> up until the movie. I just get so sick of hearing things like that. We talked about it last week, but, 
you know, why didn't this character help when this thing was going on with this other character? And it's just, I don't know. It's not, it's not a fun question to ask. (laughs) No, you just try to accept it at a point. That's yeah. That's a reality in this yep. universe. I feel like that was them being aware that people are asking this question. Like, <laughs> you're retconning these 7,000-year-old <laughs> beings into existence. We've had world-ending threats happen like three times a year since 2007 in this universe. So it's Even like, before that. I mean, yeah, Loki goes back right. to Pompeii. Yeah, exactly. So how, Why could you let some... mm-hmm. so how could you let natural disasters happen? So, yeah, you. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, it's... That that's an obvious like meta yeah. reference. So you guys were just okay with Hitler, huh? Hmm. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I don't know if you saw the Minions movie, The Despicable Me. I did spinoff. I'm pretty sure it didn't they in that movie have to like specifically state that they weren't around during <laughs> like World yeah. War Two <laughs> because they would have been like Hitler's minions. <laughs> yeah, they had to like <laughs> dance I, around I, it. <laughs> yeah, I think it was they weren't they didn't come out into the public until like the fifties or sixties. Yeah. It was like right after all of that. Right. So <laughs> I I mean, that's why it's just not fun to ask these type of questions. No. <laughs> so um so yeah, I mean, I I'm glad they just got that out of the way because it would have been just annoying discourse to see. <laughs> uh anything else you wanted to add to the Eternals trailer? Uh no, I've got nothing else to add on this. Um, I'm excited to see where or how it turns out. Um, we're going to be reading uh, Neil Gaiman's Eternals run mm-hmm. uh, for our book club for this one. I'm probably going to start it soon because it's a it's a lengthy read. Yeah, each issue is pretty long in and of themselves, and it's very wordy because you mm-hmm. know Neil Gaiman's all about lore <laughs> like that. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of his thing. So, and I and I don't think. It's a far stretch to say that they're pulling from that lore for this movie Mm -hmm. or they're inspired by it. I would say so. Definitely. Definitely. And the character designs and all. Well, let's let's talk about that other trailer we got this week. So we got the leak. Well, we first got the leaked. What's that? Free guy Two. free guy Two. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So we use more Ryan Reynolds. (laughs) We got the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer. Well, we, we technically got two No Way Home trailers. Yeah, we got the leaked one with the unfinished VFX. <laughs> and the real one that was identical to the leaked one, but with finished <laughs> VFX, which made me kind of question the production of trailers. I didn't know they worked like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I always had assumed that you know they would just use the, the completed VFX shots. I didn't realize how far in advance, I guess, that trailers were actually created. Yeah, I mean, there's stuff that's cut together, and then the v- the trailer house will throw the VFX in. Not the mm-hmm. last minute, but a little bit prior to uh, prior to release. So let's just run down some of the things we got in this trailer because it it really gave us a lot. Um, we found out that the movie picks up directly after the post credit scene in Far From Home, so it looks like immediately after his identity is revealed and he starts going on the run. He appears to be taken in by police, and there's a hairy-armed detective that people are kind of pointing to as Matt Murdock. I don't know if I believe that they <laughs> did that, and I can't really see it in the side profile that you you see in a silhouette. I don't know. The, the silhouette kind of looks like Charlie Cotton profile. Yeah, in a bit, but he doesn't look like he's blind. <laughs> no, you know, it's, a, like, it's a stretch. It, it's just, it it kind of looks like Charlie Cox, but not Matt Murdock, I guess yeah. is how I would put it. Um. 
Yeah. So what if, what if they put Charlie Cox in here as just a, a bystander, not even as Matt Murdock, but just <laughs> they cast Charlie Cox in a different yeah. role in this ver in this part of the multiverse. Char Charlie Cox is not Matt Murdock. Oh, that'd be interesting. Charlie Cox is just another detective. <laughs> what a troll! That'd be that'd be worse oh. than the Ralph Boner thing from WandaVision for sure. That would be far worse. <laughs> I mean, I, I would love for this to be Matt Murdock and the way that it works in the, it would work in that scene. Like, you know, Peter's kind of talking to that other detective or not even a detective. It looks like a policeman that's like well, questioning he's from him. The, the Department of Damage Control. Oh, right, right. I did see that. Yeah. So for, you know, Peter's lawyer to come in and slam the table and tell Peter to stop talking or push back against damage control, it would make sense. That it's um, Matt Murdock. And you don't even have to have him as Daredevil. You know, just no. have it be Matt Murdock. Like, obviously, yeah. he would sympathize with Peter as being someone that has a secret identity. And, you know, it wouldn't be too distracting because it just would make sense. Be a defense attorney. I mean, yeah, that's exactly. that's pretty much... It's exactly what his role would be. Yeah. So, it it's a logical fit. All that just, it just... It really just depends on if they want to bring that version of Daredevil into the MCU. So... Mm -hmm. We will we will find out on that one. But shortly after that, um, Peter goes to Strange and asks Strange to <laughs> reverse um, everyone knowing about his secret identity. So basically just asks Strange to... Um, break the multiverse. Make it break, as break if nothing universe. happened. <laughs> and, and Juan's telling him, like, don't, don't, Strange, don't do that. While he's like walking out, presumably to go to look for the Ten Rings in Shang Chi, um, could be. It's very well possible, and and Strange is just like, "Oh, don't worry, I won't do that." And then just kind of like winks at Peter, goes, winks and goes, "Okay, I'll do it." But like, <laughs> Strange's whole thing in in Infinity War and Endgame was, "I'm trying to pre protect your reality, douchebag." And, and now he's just like, yeah, let's break the let's break the universe and see what happens. I, I disagree with you. <laughs> and here's why. I know there's, I think, there's probably going to be some character development that, that explains or some character moment that explains it. I don't think so, because I think no? we've already had that. Like, OK, so let's go back to Doctor Strange, the film okay. for a second. His whole thing is arrogance, right? Like that that is his character flaw. Like he's extremely arrogant and. Yeah. By becoming the wizard, <laughs> he is humbled a bit, you know? Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say he's fully humbled though by the end of that film. Like he still has a journey to go. This is this is a guy that at the end of that movie, he spent I don't know how long with Dormammu in a time loop, <laughs> like mastering <laughs> his his arts. Then he literally saved all of existence. <laughs> <laughs> you know like of course he's gonna be cocky and he's like yeah i could freaking do this i don't care whatever peter <laughs> like i could easily that's... pull this off and it's only peter that's he was going to but peter screws it up yeah that's true yeah peter's the one that keeps throwing out things that, that yeah it breaks his concentration mm -hmm. and i mean it it, it it should also be the fact that he finds out that wanda like created a whole new reality and all and also somehow he finds out the tva just completely shattered and there mm -hmm. are multiple realities. So he just says, F it, let's do it. What's yeah. the worst that can happen at this point? I mean, for some reason, it's snowing in the Sanctum Sanctorum. And it's right. bright and sunny outside. I, I saw somebody <laughs> made a great comment. Uh, a friend of mine did that. The Hulk put a hole in the roof five years ago. And both Strange and presumably Wan disappeared for that five years. 
So there was a hole in the roof of the Sanctum St. Torum for five years. Nobody did anything about it. So why, why is, so like, why are they just letting stuff happen to it? And just letting like snow accumulate inside it, and not, I don't know like, what's going on not, with that. There's not, probably not like, some not kind like of... paying a kid, the next door kid, ten dollars to come shovel the inside yeah. of it. And better yet, they're wizards. Why not clean it up in the snap of a finger? There's there's probably some like goofy joke that leads to that. You know, like I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if we get a little bit of like scenes with Wong and Strange before Peter even comes into them. You know. Just a, I want I want a sitcom of those two living in the yeah. in the Santorum now. Uh-huh. I mean I mean uh, Cumberbatch in, in in a hoodie and sweatpants and a snow jacket with a oh. for fuck's sake mug. Oh, and he still has the uh, <laughs> he still has the cape. <laughs> he still has the cape, <laughs> which is so though. awesome, so good. Like I just love it. Um, and they're just so casual about it being really snowy in there. That's what's funny too. I don't know. Maybe they just like that aesthetic. <laughs> Who knows? Um, but w- what I think is going to happen here is, you know, just because the multiverse is created doesn't really mean that the branches are crossing into each other yet. Right. Right. So I think what we're going to see is, you know, the multiverse was created and this is going to create the madness. <laughs> like like what happens here breaks things. So the multiverse of madness will be the, the consequences of what he does here. Yeah, it's like, okay, now our timeline is being interjected with these other timelines and we're able to go to other timelines and, you know, or this maybe maybe what he does with Peter here gives him the idea that he acts upon in multiverse of madness that, you know, really screws things up. Mm-hmm. Um, Because if you, if you look during the spell he casts, he does it very similarly to when he found Odin for Thor. Okay. He, he it looks like he has a lock of Peter's hair. Oh, yeah. So whatever yeah, right, this is, right. is like maybe he's pulling these villains that are related to Peter back into their, their lives somehow. Like, I don't know what his intentions were. Maybe he was going to just, maybe he knows about the multiverse and he was just basically moving Peter to a universe where everything was the same except the Mysterio reveal never happened. <laughs> you know like that's what he was gonna do but instead he brought other universes to theirs or some, something mm-hmm. like something along those lines um but whatever i think is happening here i think it's pretty local and unique to peter there has to be a reason why they're they're pulling these other villains in you know speaking of the other villains um we get outright confirmation of alfred melina's doc ock that looks very similar to the the ones from the Raimi films. <laughs> yeah, they really had to de-age him, though. Yeah, they did. It. It's pretty obvious they're, they're mm-hmm. using that on him. Yeah. We um, get kind of, kind of a hint that the foe's Green Goblin is back. Yeah, I would say more than a hint. I mean, I there mean, was the pumpkin bomb and the laugh. Yeah. And that was very clearly Defoe's laugh. Yeah, that wasn't the uh, the James Franco laugh, which apparently people are speculating it's it's Franco instead of oh, Defoe. I can't, I can't but, see it. There were rumors the, around Defoe last year. I know there were rumors. First of all, there were there have been rumors around Defoe. He is like dodged questions about being in this. And second of all, uh, the new Goblin stuff in Spider-Man three was really bad. I did. It didn't work. Yeah. And James Franco is essentially canceled at this point. Yeah, I was just looking that up on my phone. I was like, isn't James Franco canceled? (laughs) Yeah. So like, okay. Yeah. So So it it has to be Defoe. Yeah, it. If you're pulling these iconic villains, there's no way you don't. You pull a goblin that's not the foe. It could be the goblin from the Amazing Spider-Man too. 
let's not do that. Dane oh, DeHaan. Oh no. Anyways, oh, don't. so oh, that just that hurt me a little. So bit. we got we've got those two villains that are confirmed. There's mm-hmm. lightning in the trailer. We've heard Jamie Foxx is in this film. So Electro is the third member of the mm-hmm. what seems to be the Sinister Six that they're assembling a multiversal version. Um, during one of the shots with lightning, it very much looks like sand is jutting up around different places. So that would be Sandman, mm-hmm. um, which would also most likely be pulled from the Maguire films. Right. Um, then there's one shot that looks like Peter's walking through somewhere, maybe in the sanctum. I don't know. And a shadowy figure like runs down a hallway and hits at this magical barrier and almost <laughs> hits him. And people have kind of enhanced the image, like, you know, computer enhanced and <laughs> brightened it. And it looks a lot like uh, the lizard from Amazing Spider-Man one. So that'd be our fifth member. Right. So that leaves one spot. And to me, uh, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this. Okay. I almost think it has to be Mysterio. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I mean, you you and I were talking uh, separately that Rhino is apparently in this. Paul Giamatti is apparently back. I've heard a rumor, um, but I don't. I hope. I kind of hope not. Or if he is, he's kind of like in the the Garfield universe, and then is like gone. Yeah. Um, as much as I love that character, I I don't want him in this. Um, I think, yeah, I think Mysterio is the obvious choice of him not being dead. It, it's a little suspicious. His death is already suspicious as it is. I would like to see him come back. And personally, I just want more Jill and Holly as yeah. Mysterio. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. And I mean, it almost is just poetic, you know, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, like, that was his whole like dying wish final act. So if Peter's trying to reverse it, obviously he would be in there to stop that. You know, I, I think I, I just think it, it lines up too well. If the sixth member is Rhino, I won't be that disappointed because of the other villains we're getting, but I, I really want one of these villains to have a personal tie to it's, it's also possible Tom Holland, Spider-Man. It's also possible that, um, it's Vulture. That could and be. My, apparently, Michael Keaton has talked about in interviews that he's like, I don't know about all this multiverse stuff I've been doing, but I just like doing movies. So I'm in everything now. And <laughs> like, because he's because he's he obviously has the, the cameo in Morbius, um, which I still will never understand why Sony dropped that one. And <laughs> and he's doing the he's coming back as Bruce Wayne in Flashpoint. Yep. So. It, apparently he's talked he's talked about like how he's in all this multiverse stuff he he doesn't understand it but he just likes acting so he'll do anything at this point and yeah. i mean i'll take more michael keaton i'll take more of his adrian tombs as well yeah i would too i just my only thing is they he's not very villainous in the end <laughs> you know i don't i don't see him unless there's some other things that happen wanting to come out and kill peter with these other sinister six members unless it's like a multiverse variant version. Uh, yeah, that's possible as well. But I I just, my, my whole problem with this, and I'm curious to see what your thoughts are on this. None of the villains we've seen in this movie so far presumably have ties to Peter, our Peter Parker. They have ties to Garfield, they have ties to Maguire, but not Holland. And 
I just worry that, you know, it's just going to be a slugfest of battles and none of them have a real connection to him. Whereas the other two villains were so personal, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. like they, they, in in Spider-Man in general, his villains are so personal to his story. Yeah. That's what I I just worry. That's what I'm very worried about. Um, And not to mention like doing this kind of rules out MCU versions of these villains appearing in future Spider-Man movies. Not, not necessarily. I mean, but don't you think like if Norman Osborn as the green goblin flying through on a glider, throwing bombs at people from another universe comes in, don't you think that they're going to keep tabs on their universes? Norman Osborn and just be like, <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, well we, we don't want to mess with this guy. Like, <laughs> yeah, I guess you have a point there of, uh, we can't really trust him as much as, I mean, yeah. for all we for uh, also for all we know that the Norman Osborn in this in current sits one sitch universe is like a th- philanthropist, yeah. you know, like like people actually like him and he's like well liked and known. Yeah, we don't know. Um, and we just get other variations of these of these characters in in the in the Tom Holland universe. Um, I did I get your point though, and I, that's why I'm I'm thinking it's either. Um, Vulture or Mysterio, who's the mm-hmm. final member? Yeah, or you just extend it into a Sinister Seven. Mm-hmm. Could be. <laughs> could. Do have our Marvel Studios does their own twist or their own variation on the Sinister Six? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you get you get two for or better. Or no, I guess you couldn't do that. I was gonna say you get two from. Hollands, you get two from Garfield and you get two from Maguire's. But if they're doing Green Goblin, um, Otto Sandman. Octavius and Sandman, I the, wonder the Sandman though, one is a little murky. That one's though. a little questionable. Yeah. I, I wonder though, and I was gonna say this earlier, if the Sandman thing is really Quentin Beck, but as one of the elementals. Oh that is a, that's a really good point. It, well, so they they would have to do some. They're gonna have to do some leaps in logic to make Octavius villainous again because he had a redemption arc at the end of that movie. Um, the same with Sandman. If it is Sandman, yeah, they you know, both because they both he, turned. He was he turned. So uh, unless they take them from earlier, and points, really to be fair, Sandman was never actually much of a villain. He was always just. At the wrong place, yeah, yeah. He, he was all just at the wrong place at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. I mean, he even says at one point, "I was, I was never a bad, I was never a bad man. Just had bad luck." Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, he's a great character. I, I love what they do with him. But the Mysterio thing's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Really interesting. So it's either Thomas Hayden Church or it's uh, Jake Gyllenhaal back. Mm-hmm. What if it's? Scene. What if I mean Mysterio is a technology? Or you know, yeah, or you're right. It's the it, the Mysterio's Peter, an idea. Peter Billingsley. It's, not... <laughs> it's a uh, yeah. It's the team. It's not yeah. just Gyllenhaal. It's like the team coming back and resurrecting Mysterio, resurrecting the Elementals. Even right. though everybody at this point would know it's a scam. Yeah, but still the yeah right. Oh no, they wouldn't. But you wouldn't. They, they wouldn't. Yeah. They still think that Quentin Beck was legit. There's there's also <laughs> the wild possibility. That we're gonna have a huge like pull out the carpet from underneath you, and tons of this has been a Mysterio illusion in this movie. That's 
possible as, as well. I think it's very I mean, unlikely because I, I think of the it first would, things, people would be mad. But One but of the first things I thought of was with the Stephen Strange character change, what if that was really Beck the whole time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Leading leading Peter down this rabbit hole. Yeah. I th- I thought of all of that too. And the one thing that makes me kind of question it is we explicitly kind of saw at the end of Far From Home that you know Peter has spidey sense now. So mm-hmm. having the spider sense essentially means he can see the drones, you know, he can right. sense the drones there. Um so that throws a little cold water on it, but what a what a twist it would be. Oh, I think fans would riot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all this, all of the over a year and a half of buildup and speculation and COVID delays. Just and, and finding work. out that, that Tobey Maguire was... and Andrew Garfield are coming back just for it to be pulled out from under everybody. I mean, I, could... I, I, I jokingly said that this is like a celebration of the IP, but I mean, they very well could make this a, I guess, a, a, a like what into the spider verse was of a celebration of the character of mm-hmm. spider-man um i'm curious if if we get a, a uh, miles morales cameo though i think it's pretty likely it's possible and yeah. which who do we're we about get? It, either either in this movie or you know in the next or if they start doing another like a college trilogy for peter parker i mean we see feast in this we do which feast I mean, has a, ties to, I mean, in the at least in the PlayStation video game to Miles and Peter and maybe you see him as a volunteer. I mean, we we did see it in Far From Home as well. Oh, did we feast? Yeah, yeah, that was. Oh, that um, was what May was doing at the beginning, right? Right. I mean, do we see a Shamik Moore come up as like just take the voice actor from Into the Spider Verse and put him in live action for yeah ten seconds? Mm-hmm. You know. Like see it. anything's on the table at this point, and I'm not opposed to any of it. I want yeah. this to I want this to be weird. I want this to be fun. I mean, <laughs> Raimi is coming back for um, Multiverse of Madness because, I mean, he's directing it. But I wouldn't be shocked if he's a consultant or a producer on this one. Oh, and yeah. I-, I wonder if that was some sort of. um contingency that he gave was that i'll do multiverse of madness if you give me a say in no way home could be definitely Um, could be or even better and i think this would be every fan's pipe dream i'll do multiverse of madness if you let me do spider-man 4 oh man (laughs) like his original spider-man 4 (laughs) just continue the mcguire (laughs) trilogy Mm -hmm. (laughs) oh boy it it wouldn't surprise me he's he's not a stupid guy Mm-hmm. He's pretty savvy when it comes to the industry, so I I wouldn't be shocked if that was a contingency. I, I think, you know, speaking of Multiverse of Madness, it's pretty good bet that we get a teaser for that in the post credit scene of this, right? I would say so. Like, we're due yeah. for that film in March, so... And this is... <laughs> no, we're right going to have... Well, we are going to have a trailer for that probably <laughs> in no September or October, like five months out, six months out. So we're we're pretty close to getting some info on that, I would think. Crazy. I almost don't I almost don't want them to drop a trailer for that until No Way Home comes out. Yeah. You know what? It's it's funny because this week I started seeing set photos pop up from Black Panther 2 and you know, I've seen some from the Marvels, She-Hulk, Moon Knight, but, but there has been that. nothing from Doctor Strange 2. 
not one leak like this spider-man movie so much it's just been surrounded by leaks since it started production <laughs> like just i mean there have been jamie fox leak it leaked it i mean there have been rumors of tom holland and toby mcguire and andrew garfield appearing for over On set a year and, and a half <laughs> so i mean it's i mean actually i saw an interview the other day with uh, jb smooth who returns in this as oh, yeah. uh, one of the professors and he yeah the interviewer asked him which spider-man he's excited to see tom holland pair up with and he said toby <laughs> mcguire <laughs> i don't know if he like if they actually duped him and he was I being love legitimate JB's, or... <laughs> I, I love jb smooth so much yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, but like no one around this series knows how to keep their mouth shut and like, yeah, Tom Holland has ruined so much. I think I sent <laughs> you a, a TikTok of like, of like Marvel throwing him in the basement of <laughs> after the, the trailer leaked and him saying, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. Yeah. <laughs> I swear it wasn't me this time. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> but speaking I'm, of, uh. Uh, did I'm, you have something to add? No, just just to wrap up. Like I'm, I'm so excited for this. I just, I want it to just come out. I don't want another trailer at this point. Yeah, definitely not. I, <laughs> I really don't want to see another trailer. Especially I mean, I'll watch if it Sony so we can talk hand, about it. But if Sony has a hand in it, half the movie will be in the trailer. Mm-hmm. If Sony has a hand in the marketing, half the movie will be released for free prior to it. It being in theaters yep do you remember they did that with the amazing spider-man 2 no you could like they they released like literally an hour of the movie to watch before it i remember it was on ign like you could watch the first hour of the movie what on IGN. that movie they were yes. that confident in putting an hour out of that yes. movie oh boy <laughs> i've made a huge mistake exactly <laughs> 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 no wonder they rebooted it immediately after. No one probably went to see it. I think that literally that is the only Spider-Man movie I've not seen in theaters. <laughs> I saw it once in theaters, I think. Then I don't I remember why. It. I just I think I watched it illegally <laughs> online. And then uh I saw it at Cal. They had it for free at the theater, so I went with one of my friends who hadn't seen it. Yeah. <laughs> just for something to do <laughs> yep <laughs> oh boy anyway we, we we spent a lot of time on these on the news and these trailers yeah Maybe we, we knew we would our, we knew our we what would. if of, of the week yeah let's hit our what if of the week uh so this week this week we got what if the world lost earth's mightiest heroes and it takes place during fury's big week in in all phase one of the avengers and uh, it throws some twists out there. Yeah. I mean, right off the bat. <laughs> right. I mean, this is the, the unfortunately for me personally, this is my least favorite episode so far. Um, I think there's some really good ideas in here and I really wanted to see them get weird and, and out there, uh, especially with not being afraid to, to kill off characters like they did. Mm-hmm. But I, I'll get into my major problems once we once we get to the that. But I think the idea of killing off Tony, killing off Thor, and killing off the Hulk are great. But I feel like 
because they're limiting these episodes to like 30 to 35 minutes, we're not really getting everything's just rushed along. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I think my problem with it was, you know, the runtime, too. I mean, you didn't have a lot of time to sit with any of these deaths, and it just kind of felt like once they started dying and they figured out that it was the Avengers that were getting killed or the Mm -hmm. people they targeted for the Avengers that it was just inevitable. We were just getting death scenes for each of them, Um, Mm -hmm. which I didn't mind. I mean, it was kind of cool to see and start to piece things together, but I also feel like it wasn't for, for being like a murder mystery type thing. They didn't lay out a ton of clues. No, there's, (laughs) you know, like there's not a great, like without like really guessing and, um, there's I mean, not a great way to there's not a huge twist, I guess, that you could be like you're n- thinking one thing and then it ends up being another, you know? No, because so I mean in a murder mystery, there has to be some sort of tension between characters or 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 tension between the good guys and the bad guys. Like mm-hmm. there's nothing here. We we don't get any sort of hints as to who it is until literally right before they reveal who it is. Yeah. And I mean when when Natasha goes to look at the files on the computer, you see Janet Van Dyne pop up very briefly, like blinking. You miss I it. I saw that, mm-hmm. and I've realized, oh wait, it's probably something with the Pims. And then whenever she calls Fury and says, "Oh, it's it's, it's all hope. about hope. It's hope. It's about hope." I'm like, oh, it's Hank Pym, uh-huh. which is a great idea. That I, I think that's a really cool idea of having Hank Pym want to kill off the Avengers, especially given what we know about him. Yeah, but my problem is that they're expecting the audience to know that bad story of why he can't stand Shield and can't stand the Avengers. It's not really led to here, or it's not really hinted at here, or explained here yeah. specifically. The only explanation we get is that he is mad at Fury for letting Hope die, and Fury says, "Well, she knew what she was getting herself into." And he says, like, you could have prevented it or you didn't have to have her die or something along those lines. Uh Uh-huh. As opposed to his problem with Stark and S.H.I.E.L.D. back in the 90s from the Ant-Man movies of they just laugh him out of the room. Mm Mm-hmm. They don't take him seriously. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think it was a combination. Like, he he was kind of looking for a reason to go off the rails against S.H.I.E.L.D., you know, right? And hope and that, hopes that's ob- provided in that, and that's obviously that's obviously a good reason to do that. But when Fury addresses him, he addresses him as Hank, and like realizes right away who it is. But that we also know that because we know that Hank has a history with Shield. Yeah, it that's not established here. Yeah, that's fair. I mean. For them to establish that, though, would almost give it away. <laughs> you know, the second they're they're talking about these Avengers and they mention Hank, then you kind of your mind would go there, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and you would figure it out pretty quickly, especially mm-hmm. with like you know the unseen assassin. Like <laughs> you're like, oh, oh right. okay, it's because he shrunk. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I I I understand that. My my biggest gripes with Hank were he just kind of became like cartoonish. Like even like it, his like very mustache was like twirled and like his hair mm-hmm. was all singed and like, <laughs> it just, his it eyes was, were like sunken in like, and bugged like, out. Yeah. yeah. I was like this. Well, no pun intended there, but uh, <laughs> it was, 
it was a little a little goofy. It was very surprising to see Michael Douglas come back for it though. And like it took really me a second to realize it was put, actually him. Yeah, and he put a good good amount of effort into it too, like playing this different version of Hank. I thought that was yeah. kind of cool. Um <clears throat> but but yeah, for me it's it's I think the the mystery part of it didn't pay off that well because no. The reason for this person wanting to kill the Avengers was the the what if event and we still never even found out what the one decision one change was that <laughs> created this multiverse i mean we are led to believe it's hope, it's hope joining shield yeah. yeah um and then dying but what one really interesting thing is they mention um she died in 2008 in odessa and uh-huh. in the winter soldier Nat mentions that she fought the Winter Soldier in Odessa, so it's implied uh, so that because she she, she took she Nat's took place. Nat's place there and got killed by Bucky, actually. Right. Yeah, which is kind of cool. That, that's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. That that you have to, I, that, and I think that's what my biggest problem is so far with this series is that they really asked you to tap into your the past knowledge of of these of the MCU to really understand what's happening or why things are happening. And I kind of get that. That's what the, what if comics did where mm-hmm. you kind of had to have an understanding of what the origin stories were, but they all, the, the actual, what if comics always for the most part ended up in the same place. Yeah, in some cases, I mean, I, I kind of disagree on that point because I think I'm happy. They assume we know a lot. Because I think it helps them hit that runtime, and I, I think maybe if that was were the things they added to the episode, it might just not be as interesting. You know, if they add all of that context back in, like things mm-hmm. we already know, it would feel even more like kind of a recap of events for mm-hmm. me, at least. Like I, I'm just happy they assume we know who these characters are, what they've done in the sacred timeline. Um, but they still kind of do give you enough to understand. Like, even with Hank, even if you didn't know his backstory with S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Sacred Timeline, just knowing that he was angry at S.H.I.E.L.D. because his daughter was a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent and Fury let her get killed. You mm-hmm. know, you can understand that viewpoint. But knowing the rest of it just kind of adds that additional context to make it more powerful. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I think, I think just me personally... I'm still trying to grapple with the fact that this is still this is canon, and I understand that this is in this is in the multiverse where yeah, episode one isn't going to affect episode three. But my problem is at the end of episode one, you have Captain Carter showing up with Hawkeye and and Fury, but then episode three, Hawkeye's dead, and Fury's and Fury doesn't have a team anymore mm-hmm. so it it took me a while to realize that these aren't the same universe anymore yeah yeah you get what i'm not. saying mm-hmm. that it, it the fact that they have said this is canon and these aren't standalone episodes that are eventually going to tie in it has me starting to like try to piece together because of the, of the way the studio has like trained us and conditioned us to to look at their properties of everything ties together well, now they're saying that the series itself ties together to the rest of the MCU. 
but these individual episodes aren't tying together. So I'm, I'm getting a conflicting message here. Yeah, and it seems like the trailers kind of hint at some of the episodes tying together. And I, I wondered the same thing midway through. I was like, is this actually the Captain Carter universe? Because we haven't seen Steve or any references to him. So Not until the end. Right, not until the end. So I think that ruled it out definitively. But but still, it's it. I, I get where you're coming from there. Um, I think it's the fact that they used the... They, that first episode ended as a tease with Fury and Hawkeye, and this episode featured both of those two prominently. Yeah. So I, I get what you mean. Um, one of my biggest issues with this episode was the tone just felt off. Like Very Fury, much. Fury was way too jokey through it all, and Coulson so too. So was Coulson. Yeah. Coulson's a joke in this. Oh my gosh, Coulson was sniffing Thor's corpse. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. it smells like um, lavender. I was like, yeah. is he the murderer? That made me think like he was the murderer because it felt so like a very I. murderous thing to do. And <laughs> that I, would have been an I, interesting twist. That's who I that, thought. I thought it was Coulson the whole way through because the that person that so kind of went through and assembled them is the person that is killing them. Is killing them. To me, it, mm-hmm. it made so much sense because they focused a lot on Coulson in this episode. Um, and but he did have some good moments. Like like it wasn't a comedic moment because he was just giving Nat his password, so it wasn't like a tone moment, but. Yeah. But he he is like, uh, what was it like? I love Steve. Steve I love Steve. 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 I love Steve. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, but, I rolled but my eyes at that. I thought it was funny. Um, but Fury's comments throughout it all, like Fury never shifted his tone. Like after all these people are getting killed, he's still kind of like joking around. He's like, and it's like say, life's work is falling apart in front of him, and he's cracking crack, jokes left yeah. and right about it yeah that really that really took me out of like the heaviness of the episode because <laughs> this i mean so if they would have made this really i mean the the theme not the themes but like the idea behind this is really dark of of having a serial killer take out the what are going to be the avengers is such a dark and cool idea but the fact that they just made it a family fun romp is like is what's throwing me off because I, yeah. I don't watch seven with my family for a reason. Uh-huh. <laughs> if, if, if they would have done this in the style of seven, I would have been very happy. Yeah. But, but the fact that I could sit down with like a, a three-year-old and watch this and be okay is like, is a little off-putting to me. Minus uh, Bruce Banner's death. <laughs> yeah. That one was pretty graphic. I was like, Oh, oh my, oh, they're, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I, I was like, are they really about to just explode him? And it, it definitely <laughs> gave credence to some of the theories we saw kicked around in, uh, um, end game with, uh, Ant-Man and Thanos. <laughs> yes. There were yeah. lots of, uh, theories about Ant-Man somehow <laughs> an- entering Thanos's body and expanding wonder, inside of him and blowing him up. I um, wonder, I guess all you would have room. to do is expand his heart. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. I want. <laughs> I wonder if the writer's room looked at that theory and go and went, yeah, that's what we're doing. We're going to we're building to. an episode around that theory. They had to. It's too <laughs> it's too close. Like <laughs> Hank going inside the Hulk and b- blowing his heart up. <laughs> like we uh, we know the, the the theories with Scott had him going through a different orifice. But, uh, <laughs> but all I'm saying is it would have worked. <laughs> It would have worked. <laughs> it would have worked. If Scott was there during Infinity War, he this, would have tried it. This whole show is there just to just to help out and support fan theories from the sound of it. 
Yeah. I mean, we got in the T'Challa episode. What if like Thanos was convinced that his plan was wrong? Mm -hmm. His plan wasn't wasn't very moral. (laughs) It was random. It was completely fine. (laughs) (laughs) It's not genocide. It's It's random genocide. If it's random. Um, But yeah, the the death scenes were brutal. I was pretty shocked when uh, Thor died from just one arrow. (laughs) But um, I guess he didn't have the power of Thor because he didn't have the hammer. Right. He wasn't worthy. I did like the idea of of Loki coming down with the Warriors 3 and Lady Sif and the Asgardian army to be like, hey, we heard that that our brother, my brother died down here. Do you care to explain? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we all looked at that episode or that shot during the trailer for this show and we were like, oh, that's an episode where Loki Loki invades Earth and wins. And it's like, yeah, it is that, but (laughs) it happens because... (laughs) Hank Pym assassinates all the Avengers before they can form. Like, who would have guessed that? Like, I don't know. He just walks into the UN and says, okay, I'm taking over. Yeah. And you guys are shows all... shows you one day. He was like, in one day, Earth's people have come together under my rule. <laughs> and that's so, another thing with these, these episodes is they leave, they intentionally leave every episode with a cliffhanger of some sort and a story to tell later that makes me think they're going to come back to each of these they have at to. some point, like even if not this season, you know, it, it, these are universes I want to live in and explore the differences. Like I want to understand. Give us like, another half an hour. Make these an hour. Yeah. I get that us, animation isn't just, isn't easy. And even just give cheap. us a part two. Even just give yeah. us a part two to these like next. Maybe next season is just the second half of all of these stories. Right. Like, we get we get what if Captain Carter founded the Avengers? What if um Ego and Peter Quill took over the universe. What if Loki invaded and took I'm over not gonna, Earth? I'm not going to lie. Because of what I said before of have, of being conditioned to find connections in, in each of these entries, before I started the episode, I thought, well, I mean, I had kind of seen the, the plot spoiled. So I thought, well, what if it's Ego and Peter that are, that are killing off the Avengers? Oh, but then, like, th- I mean, that was that was like, that was out the window. But you know what I mean? That yeah, like, Ego's the one that's doing this, and there and lies our our plot for the season. Our oh, I got plot. you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this. Um, I think this was the weakest episode. I enjoyed it more than Captain Carter, though, from just like a pure like entertainment standpoint, just because. Mm-hmm. That followed so many of the beats of the first Avenger that it right. just felt like we were just watching repeats of a lot of scenes. This felt fresh. We were looking at scenes from different perspectives. We were looking at, we revisited the Incredible Hulk. I had to look up to see if Liv Tyler returned. <laughs> she didn't. <laughs> she did not. <laughs> yeah. Um, shout out, though, to Lake Bell, who voiced Natasha Romanoff, because it was a very did good she? impression. Yeah. Oh, wow. That was that was a real... I knew it wasn't, I knew it wasn't Scarlett Johansson, mm-hmm. but... That was a really good impression of her. Yeah, yeah, I she did. A, was like Bell. Yeah, she did a really great job. Um, she also voices Poison Ivy in the Harley Quinn series. I was just about to say that you, <laughs> you've seen it, haven't you? I, no, I haven't seen it. I, I oh, knew she voiced it, but I've, she is fantastic yeah, in that show. I've known um Lake Bell since watching like Children's Hospital <laughs> and uh, <laughs> um Wet Hot American Summer. So <laughs> she's in the one of those sequel shows. Oh, okay. But I haven't seen the sequels, but yeah, well, there's um, a prequel and a sequel. 
Well, but neither of them I've seen mm-hmm. as good. much as I've been wanting to. They're good. Um, yeah, I didn't realize that was her. That was a great. Uh, yeah, it sounded great very much like like Scarlett Johansson. It was enough that you could tell, but at the same time, I, I think a lot of people were probably fooled. <laughs> yeah. Oh um, yeah. It was weird to see Ruffalo in um, whatever campus that is that Bruce Banner's at in Incredible Hulk. <laughs> yeah. I was wondering if, if they showed him if he was going to look like Edward Norton. Ed Norton. Yeah. That would be pretty fun. Now, uh, that would be funny. But if voiced they... by Ruffalo. <laughs> <laughs> if they had the Ed Norton stand in. It would be. By... It would have yeah. been really funny. <laughs> and that's actually, this, that's actually the Norton universe. That's how it ended. <laughs> he just died right after the movie. <laughs> Um, uh, but yeah, this, I mean, overall, this show has been all over the place for me. I think my other big problem with this is compared to last week, like last week we saw the effects of, of the Netsis event, like far out in advance, like Mm -hmm. how much has changed because T'Challa was picked up instead of Quill. But here, the only consequence we get major consequence we did is that Loki's able to just walk in and take over at the end of the week and it just ends right there like I don't mm-hmm. like, I want I want to see more of what happens after the fact yeah you and I kind of talked about like what is the the funniest butterfly effect outcome for each of these episodes you know we talked about um in the first episode, the the funny thing for me to think about is no Winter Soldier happening means no Civil War because he doesn't kill Tony's parents. Right. Which means no airport scene, which means no Scott Lang house arrest, which means Jimmy Woo never learns how to do magic <laughs> from Scott. <laughs> Just heartbreaking. <laughs> And the, I mean, the one I came up with, it wasn't as funny, but it, it, it like it like plays into to last week's episode was um, I don't think Yondu necessarily lied to T'Challa about Wakanda imploding, because if if T'Challa is taken away, then at the UN, Bucky or I'm sorry, um, Zemo still blows up the UN the UN summit there's no king anymore the Black Panther technology is kind of like there is no successor necessarily to take over the Black Panther mantle and Wakanda could easily implode yeah Zemo kills himself nobody's there to stop him and the Avengers end up falling apart because Zemo is never captured. It, but Bucky is still on the run. Bucky is not hidden in Wakanda anymore. Yeah. Um, there's nowhere to hide him. So, and there's no reason for them to go back to Wakanda because it's. I mean, it's possible that the the country just fell apart once. Um, T'Chaka died. Oh, that's what I'm getting at. I'm sorry. That the collector's able to easily take out the Avengers, and that's why he has their weapons. Yeah. There's, no, I mean, Civil War happens, and there's nobody there to really stop him. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, 
talking about last week's episode for a sec, there's there is one thing I wanted to mention that we did not talk about last week that I think is interesting. Um, I don't fully understand the timing behind this. Maybe they they already have established ages for T'Challa and Peter Quill, but um, Peter Quill being abducted happened, or Peter Quill on Morag happened in 2014. T'Challa mm-hmm. on Morag happened in 2008. It said. Oh. So I don't know if that's Marvel lining up the timelines for this like multiversal guardian team or what the reasoning is behind that. Um, but yeah, we see a much younger T'Challa in last week's that's episode than we've seen so far. Which is I didn't yeah. never thought of that. Yeah, I didn't I didn't realize that. But yeah, one my uh my butterfly effect for this week is that because Scott never becomes Ant-Man because Hank became Yellow Jacket. He never reforms his friends and X-Con is never formed. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Louise so, never... Louise. <laughs> Louise still gets the van, but never uh, never gets to... Does he get to recant his stories still? I think he, he would at some point. Not the same stories, though, unfortunately. <laughs> and Strahd's still working at Bastion Robbins yeah Uh, hard times hard times all around yeah yeah I think I think next week is um, I've heard it's the Doctor Strange episode so I'm very very interested in that because it seems to include some multiversal shenanigans so this this could be the episode we see things start to open up a bit and we really understand what they're doing with the show yeah yeah, I feel like if they're able to kind of retcon how the rest of the, how these past three episodes have been kind of hit and miss, I, I think the show can still save itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But join us, join us next week for that. Um, we're also going to be releasing um, pretty soon, around the time this episode comes up, maybe within a few days, uh, a preview of Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. So we'll be back in theaters next week to catch that one. But before that, we'll be releasing our preview. And the week after, we'll be doubling up for our uh, review of episode four of What If, as well as our review and reaction for Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. So should be a good time. Lots of content coming up, as always. All right. I think that's probably a good place to stop it, Jared. So... This is John signing off for myself and Jared. We'll see you next time.